Welcome back to the Quick Slant NFL Podcast. In today's show, we'll be doing a rundown of the Super Bowl and giving our picks. And on the line with us today, as always, our good friend Chase Michelson of the Quick Slant. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Colin. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing, buddy? I am. I'm good. You know, it's the weekend, so I'm looking forward. It's going to be a good game on Sunday, hopefully. Yeah, I'm excited. I, have, I, I will say, I actually haven't been this excited for a Super Bowl in kind of a while. I think it's going to be a good game. I was really excited for Super Bowl 49. That was probably the last time I was excited for a Super Bowl. But, you know, you know that's because I'm a Patriots fan. But I think that was a really good game. And I think this game is – yeah, I think this game has a chance to be a really good game as well. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the teams match up with each other in a really interesting way. And in the past, there's been a tendency for games to kind of peter out, whether it's with a lot of turnovers or bad quarterback play. And I don't really see that happening here, so – I'm excited. Right. And before, you know, right before we get into the discussing the Super Bowl here, uh, I, I have to say this Super Bowl really reminds me of Brady's first Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf. We haven't faced an offense this formidable uh, in the postseason, I think, since, what was it, 01? So, yeah, yeah, Super Bowl 36. Right. So this this has the makings of a great game. I don't know if it'll be a nail biter, but it could be. Yeah, I agree. I, I I mean, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more as uh, we go along, but I agree. I think that this does have the making of a really outstanding game. All right, let's, uh, let's discuss the Super Bowl then, and uh, we'll start on offense here. I have been pouring on a lot of praise for the Patriots' offensive line. I think it's deserved. This line has been rejuvenated, really, with the offseason season sort of addition of Dante Scarnecchia. We coaxed him out of retirement to uh, coach our line, and he's turned a really forgotten player who fell out of the rotation because he was getting you know abused into an all-pro caliber right tackle. Shaq Mason really made a, a leap here in year two. Uh, Solder's playing great again. He's living up to that first-round billing sort of hat on him, and Joe Tooney has been a really stout lineman there. He is really good in the run game. There's some stuff to be said in the pass game. But, you know, for the most part, this offensive line is, I think, one of the best offensive lines Brady has had throughout his entire career. He hasn't really gone down much this year. And it's really on, it really falls on the Atlanta, you know, pass rush to try to disrupt Brady and what the Patriots want to do, whether it be in the run game or the pass game. And I, I don't know if it'll, you know, pan out well for the, Falcons because outside of Vic Beasley who had what like a league leading 14 and a half sacks you know yeah I believe it was 14 and a half yeah this this D line they have is pretty horrendous you know they lost Adrian Claiborne their second best defensive lineman who's out with a torn bicep and I, I'm just not sure if the rest of the line can really hold up well against this Patriots offensive line because they control the line of scrimmage so well yeah, we should talk about, and it is very football nerd, but Dante Scarnecchia is without question the greatest offensive line coach that's ever lived. And it's been quite a transformation. This time last year, the Patriots were getting ready to watch Super Bowl 50 because their offensive line capitulated against the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. That did not happen uh, two weeks ago against Pittsburgh. They completely held up. Brady seemed like he had all day, particularly on the first touchdown to Hogan. I think he was, I believe, uh, under center for or in the pocket for over six seconds before he finally found out to the back of the end zone. So 
Mike mentioned all the guys who are contributing, but really Fonekia is he's a you know he's a he's an offensive line whisperer. Uh, Cannon was abused last year by Von Miller over and over and over, and he's really held up well this year. And so the offensive line I think is the greatest mismatch in this game is the Patriots offensive line against the Falcons um, front seven. Falcons front seven is fast. The entire team is built on speed. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but uh, the Patriots offensive line is big, and I expect them, and I imagine you expect them, to attempt to really run the ball down Atlanta's throat. Right, and, you know, that's another thing. I think our greatest weapon here is keeping the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands. We can run the ball well, which has been a difference from many Patriots offenses of the past, you know, even the 2007 offense which I consider to be the greatest offense of all time. But, you know, we can really run the ball with success and control the clock, not to the severity that Dallas can, but, you know, we we have been doing it with great success this year. And the more time we're able to chew up the clock, you know, that's less touches for Matt Ryan. And this offense that we have this year, it's built very almost like our defense. It's like a situational offense. You know, we have a lot of personnel who can – do a lot of different things, whether it's Edelman, Hogan, uh, Bennett, uh, even Malcolm Mitchell, the rookie we drafted. He, he's been playing very well. We'll, you know, we'll have to see if Michael Floyd's going to be active for the Super Bowl, but even he's made some contributions. And you know, we can switch it over to base and go with James Devlin as a fullback and have Blunt or Deion Lewis just run down the middle. I, I expect it to be Blunt uh, just because how quick that front seven is. I think they match up well against Deion Lewis as a runner but when you can run the ball down somebody's throat and you know control the clock and probably take six to seven minutes a drive uh and score i i think that's just hard to play against the blueprint i think is the first drive that the seahawks had in the divisional round if you recall it was an eight and a half minute drive with multiple third down conversions Russell Wilson made some plays. Uh, they, it was a good mix of run, run game and pass game. And at the end of that drive, we were looking around like, man, I thought the Falcons were going to win this game, but now I'm not so sure they were able to recover in that game. I'm not sure they'd be able to recover if, if uh, New England was able to really come out with that kind of punch in the first quarter. Right. Uh, we should mention that in the six Super Bowls that Belichick and Brady have been to together, the Patriots have yet to score in the first quarter, which is kind of amazing because I think of them as a great first quarter team, just not in the Super Bowl. To this point, I expect that to change. I expect them to score in the first quarter. I expect that to be quite a bit of scoring early on before the defense has settled down. But I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think I don't know if we'll be able to come out and score the first drive like the Seahawks did, but this is... Definitely, you know, Atlanta's defense is very leaky, and and we'll talk about that a little later, but this, you know, this is the worst defense I think we've faced all year besides Cleveland. I think, you know, Belichick will have a great game plan to come, you know, after them. He's had two weeks to prep after all, and I I have confidence that we can, you know, score at will against Atlanta. I don't really, I'm not really concerned against them and their front seven or their secondary at all. I think we like to do a lot of stuff, whether it's uh, yards after the catch or crossing routes to get our guys open. And really, Edelman is severely underrated. I think he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Maybe that's a hot take, but you know, I, I think he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. He doesn't really get credit where credit's due. He's tough to tackle. He's shifty. He runs great routes. And you know, he's always open. And even with Chris Hogan as well, never really had this sort of deep threat since 07 when we had Randy Moss. And I know Chris Hogan obviously isn't Randy Moss, but 
he's certainly the reason why the Patriots haven't really missed Gronk all year is because Hogan is because Hogan provides us with you know that downfield deep threat even though it's not down the seam Hogan can still get over the top and make defenses be really respectful towards Tom Brady and the long ball well I would argue it is down the seam I think that Hogan's best route is the post route he ran a, uh, particularly on the flea flicker for a touchdown against Pittsburgh and he ran a really nice one for a touchdown against Buffalo earlier in the season so it's, it's attacking from a different position on the field than Gronk would have, but I, I agree with you that he's an outstanding receiver and can really make plays downfield. I will say in Atlanta's defense, in defense of Atlanta's defense, I should say, that this defense is lightning fast. And they played very, very well against particularly Green Bay. And also against Seattle, I think that they settled down in, in the second half and really kind of shut that game down. But particularly against Green Bay, you're going up against the quarterback and Aaron Rodgers, and obviously, if there's a quarterback that's, if there is, is, is any quarterback that's more highly regarded than Tom Brady, it's Aaron Rodgers that's and Atlanta. And remember, we picked Green Bay to win that game, and what we weren't counting on was the play of the secondary. Alford, Hollins, Keanu Neal had an outstanding game. These are guys that are going to be counted on. So while I agree with you that the Patriots have an advantage in the run, the run game, I think in the passing game, I think it gets a little interesting. If, if Atlanta can bring pressure, which I think they will. So over the course of the season, they have not brought pressure a ton, but in the playoffs, they have changed. Dan Quinn has proven that he will break tendencies. Uh, against Green Bay, they went heavy, heavy man. It's a team that's mostly zoned for the majority of the year. They will play to the opponent's strength. I think that this is an interesting matchup in terms of the t- defensive mind because you have Dan Quinn on one side and you have Belichick and Patricia on the other side. Defensively, I think that they're both going to make adjustments throughout the game. So that's why I think that the majority of the scoring will take place early on before adjustments take place. Uh, I do I see both of these teams settling down defensively, particularly the way that Atlanta plays with that heavy, heavy zone being their normal MO, I think it might take them a bit to get into the flow of how they want to play man coverage. But I think over the course of the game, I would be surprised if they really got shredded the way that maybe you think they will. I think if they get shredded, I think it will be in the running game. So yes, Tom Brady, great quarterback, but he's susceptible. And no quarterback is immune to perfect coverage and and blitz factors. And so if Vic Beasley can get off, and make plays against Marcus Cannon, who, again, while he has played better this year, is still ultimately a fifth-round pick that is leaky and has been leaky against guys of high caliber in the past. If Beasley can win that matchup, if you can get a guy like Grady Jarrett to hold his mark in the middle of the field, playing the uh, playing two-gap on, on running plays, then I think you have something interesting there. So while Atlanta's defense maybe doesn't match up on paper as well. I would be surprised if New England just you know, put up 60 points. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I don't see that happening either, but, you know, here's, here's a counter to that. With Brady, the best way to get in Brady's face is through the A-gaps, and sure. the Falcons don't really have a strong interior rush. Uh, and That's true. So, and, you know, David Andrews, you know, is it, he's not the best center in the world, and uh, Joe Tooney has... Again, some stuff to be said in pass protection. And Shaq Mason has been playing well, but I, I think they will be able to shut down the middle of uh, Atlanta's defensive line. 
And another thing is the Patriots like to start out, sometimes they'll go base and they'll have James Devlin lined up as a fullback. And it could be either Deion Lewis or LeGarrette Blunt. And particularly in a situation like this, it would be Deion Lewis. And so they'll spread out Deion Lewis and James Devlin out wide. And I don't think necessarily that Atlanta will make the right adjustments because you have to come out in base. And I don't think if they have to match a linebacker up on Deion Lewis, particularly if it has to be Deion Jones or Devondre Campbell, I don't think they can cover that because, you know, as much as uh, Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell are athletic, they're not great cover guys. They can run, but they can't cover very well and you know that's the same problem that Pittsburgh had with uh, New England in that regard you know Ryan Shazier can run but he can't cover too well that's true I think I think that uh, Atlanta's gonna have to go nickel for a good portion of the game I think if they put in Beasley it's gonna be on half rush situations and otherwise I think that Beasley will play probably less than the layman thinks he will yeah they don't really bring him out in as high of a percentage of plays as you might think I think you'll see a lot of Philip Wheeler and I think you'll see a lot of uh, Brian Poole as the nickel back. So we'll see. Now, when the Patriots have the ball, that's an interesting matchup. But I think the matchup that everybody's really talking about and looking at in depth is when the Falcons have the ball. Is that fair to say? Right. And before we go into a deep diatribe about Matt Ryan here, let me remind the world that he's called Matty Ice, not because he's like a cold guy in the fourth quarter. He's not a cold-blooded killer in the fourth quarter. It's because his favorite beer is natural ice, a.k.a. Natty Ice. So that is where the moniker Matty Ice comes from. Not because he's a great quarterback in the fourth quarter, but because he likes shitty beer. Well, as a counter to that, <laughs> what is Julio Jones' nickname? Because I think it should be like the Terminator or the Destroyer or something. Because if you're throwing to Julio Jones, I don't really see what... So Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia are two of the greatest defensive minds that we have today in football, and possibly of all time. What is the strategy to stop Julio? Go. Okay, let me explain as a Patriots fan then. So okay. the I'd much, love to hear. Okay, the much maligned Eric Rowe that we acquired from Philadelphia, I think he might actually play a big role in this game, and I think he might be playing Julio uh, the way we saw Malcolm Butler cover Antonio Brown. I think we'll have Eric Rowe, either Eric Rowe, it might be Butler, you know, we'll see come game time, but I, I, I think it'll be Rowe. I think we'll put Rowe out and let him be aggressive over the top and have McCourty uh, cover Julio deep. And then we might have a third guy. We might put one of our linebackers out towards the middle. So it'll be a really heavy bracket coverage on Julio. And, you know, that makes me a little worried because when you commit three guys to Julio Jones, then you're leaving a few other matchups one-on-one, and that doesn't necessarily make me very comfortable because I, you know, I think Atlanta can really exploit those matchups, but I, I agree. This was my point also. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, I mean, what you're saying is exactly what I would be concerned about if I were a Patriots fan. It's the fact that they're going to have to bring back in coverage on Julio Jones. And as much as we talk about Julio Jones, as incredible as I think he is, because I think he's not really human the way you and I are necessarily, yeah. that Matt Ryan has thrown touchdown passes to 13 players this season. So everybody knows they need to bracket Julio Jones. He still gets makes plays. He still will make plays even in bracket coverage. And with that 
kind of coverage dedicated to him. Guys are going to get open. Sanu, Gabriel, Austin Hooper, Troy Lolo, Freeman and Coleman out of the backfield. These are guys who are going to make plays. If I could think of one X-factor in this game on either side of the ball, it would be Tevin Coleman out of the backfield in single back, going play action to Coleman, and then him slipping out. I see that play developing over and over and over. I think Ryan will use it. Okay, but... Because... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I... I have confidence there in our linebackers. When they go either Coleman or Freeman in sets like that where it, you know, it obviously could be play action, I think uh, rather than have Hightower out there who probably can't run with Coleman or Freeman, I, I think we'd put Kyle Van Noy out there who's a better athlete and shown he's a really good cover guy uh, this season. And I, I think we can cover that, but no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that the Patriots' discipline could work to their disadvantage in this situation. Uh, their recognition that maybe it's play action, okay, so now they're they're staying back and they're waving their zones for the short crossing routes of Sanu or Gabriel. But what that leaves is the dumps to Coleman. I see I see multiple throws to Coleman and Freeman that uh, are caught behind the line of scrimmage, and then this is a team that blocks really well. Everybody on the team blocks it a lot. The receivers are good blockers. The tight ends are good blockers. So that's that's a huge advantage I see for Atlanta, and I think it's an advantage they would have really against anybody because they execute the play action half so well. Right, and you know I I agree there, but this this offense is really constructed to play sort of with a lead. You know they don't really like to run the ball. We haven't seen them run the ball much all year, especially in the playoffs. They. I don't think they've had a 100-yard rushing game, you know, in the playoffs. And I think, what was it, in against Green Bay, Matt Ryan was their leading rusher. Mm-hmm. They need to come out and run the ball because they have an excellent line. I think Jake Ryan, Ryan Schrader, whoever it is, Alex Mack, you know, they have a Jake, ex- Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews. Oh, Jake Matthews. Uh, they have an ex- they have an excellent offensive line. They, You know, they, they really need to take advantage of that because I, I think, as a Patriots fan, I've noticed that our pass rush isn't, Great, you know Jabal Shirt and uh, Chris Long and Trey Flowers. You know they're 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 all right, but they're not the type of pass rushers that Jamie Collins and Chandler Jones were. And you know we're really lacking that guy. So they they really need to come out and run the ball or uh, you know exploit matchups. You know they need to run at Shirt, uh, Long and Flowers when they have a chance because you know the middle is going to be clogged up by Alan Branch, Malcolm Brown, and uh, even Vincent Valentine. But you know, they really need to exploit the run there. And, you know, if they come out and pass like 30 times in the first half, then I I just don't see that ending well for Atlanta. I think that New England's biggest advantage is run defense in that sense because I think that they're the, the way that the team is constructed, it takes away those kinds of plays. So, I mean, when you have guys like Branch and Brown in the middle, they're they're going to be counted on to stop those plays up the middle. Atlanta likes to run trap plays, so that's where Chris Long and Flowers come in. So I think that the key is going to be if they if if Atlanta can establish the run, then I don't really see a way for the Patriots to stop it because if they start getting the play action to work at the level that it worked against Seattle and Green Bay, then it's slight out. Yeah. But if New England can stop the run and force them to pass from the shotgun, go into four wide out sets, then I think New England can match up well enough to keep the ball in front of them. If there's one thing that we talk about the Patriots doing 
it's preventing big plays. And the Falcons got quite a few big plays against Green Bay. So that's the biggest advantage I see New England having. And if they can do that, and if they can exploit that advantage, then you have a different kind of ball game. Right. And, you know, I agree there. And especially the way, you know, this offense, the Atlanta offense is constructed, you know, it's not a two-minute offense. Like you've been uh, saying a lot, they really like to do play-action stuff. And, uh, you know, in a two-minute drill, whether it's a four-minute drill, two-minute drill, the play-action doesn't work very well uh, when they know you need to drive down the field quick and not run off clock. So they can maybe move the ball in between the 20s, but – the Patriots' defense is, you know, really good, and I think we undersell it a lot. You know, they they're ranked, what is it? They they're ranked the first scoring defense overall. Uh, they have the eighth overall red zone defense, and in total D, they're eighth overall. So people might say, oh yeah, the competition they've been facing all year has been pretty mediocre. Which to that point, I agree. But as a you unit, can only beat the team that's in front of you. Yeah, you can only beat the team that's in front of you. And, you know, as a unit, I think they've meshed well together and they have a lot of confidence. And I, I don't have as much confidence as they probably do have the, in themselves, but I'm pretty confident in this unit. It looks I, – I don't want to say it looks better than the Super Bowl 49 defense we had, but it's pretty close. I think this might be one of the better defenses Brady has had in a while. I think it's pretty similar, but I think the difference is that they're not going up against – that Super 49 Seahawks offense. So um, apologies to Angry Doug here, but Baldwin, Curse, and Chris Matthews is not the same as Julio Jones, Taylor Gabriel, Mohamed Sanu, and Ryan Cleese's weapons. So, I mean, yes, I agree with you. I think that the Patriots defense is a lot of times undersold. We'll see what happens. So I don't know if you want to briefly touch on special teams here. Well, yeah, okay. So uh, on special teams, I I mean, the Patriots – Sometimes we'll have Edelman or Amendola return kicks and punts, but I think for the Super Bowl, I think we'll be seeing a lot of Deion Lewis in that I agree. job. Bill Belichick really unearthed the kick return game element in uh, the game against Houston with you know Deion Lewis's what was it ninety eight ninety seven yard touchdown return, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that was spectacular. Uh, as a Pats fan, I haven't seen that in a while. I think the last time we've had a return touchdown was against. Was it Indy or Denver that Edelman had that one punt return? I don't remember, but uh, Denver, yeah. I think. Denver, yeah. But we, you know, we haven't seen that type of stuff on special teams in a while, and uh, obviously the kick coverage unit for New England has been excellent. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. short of excellent. You know, we've had yeah. we've had Jonathan Jones, this undrafted rookie who I don't think a lot of people know about. He's been playing excellent in sort of the gunner role, and Matthew Slater has always been excellent. That's you know Matthew Slater, future Hall of Famer, if, if <laughs> I had anything to do with it. I think he's the greatest special teams player that we've had in years. I yeah, I, I agree. I think he's. I really do. I no, I I agree, and that's why he's a regular at the Pro Bowl. He's yeah. he's excellent in coverage, and you know I think we have good personnel on special teams, and we're very disciplined and. You know, Ryan Allen can pin you inside the five. Uh, Gostowski has finally got some confidence back in the kicking game, and I think that's taking off very well for us. And, you know, I I think the Patriots have the advantage here in uh, the special teams phase. I, I mean, Atlanta has a, you know, really good special teams. They have Matt Bryan as their kicker, who's uh, pretty good. He's very accurate, actually. And Yeah, he is. 
who is it returning kicks for them? Eric Weems? I mean, it's Weems, yeah. So I, I, I don't really expect the Falcons kick return game to be much of a factor. I imagine there'll probably be a lot of touchbacks. But I will say, from a field goal kicking perspective, I have a lot more confidence in Bryant than I do in Guskowski. Guskowski's got the, he's got the missing the extra points thing going on, and it's weird. And uh, I think Bosher is a pretty good punter. Um, I watched him for four years in Miami. So I think that the special teams maybe a draw flight edge to New England because of I think the kickoff coverage is going to be outstanding. And Atlanta has been a little bit susceptible to returns. I think in the kicking game itself, in terms of field goals and extra points, I think I think uh, that Atlanta has a slight edge with Bryant. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. I... I just have, you know, confidence in my kicker. I think he's gotten over the yips a little bit. He, he, so I, I I think he, in big moments, Gostowski has shown the ability to be able to get accurate kicks off uh, other than last year against Denver. But, right. you know, I think I think he's a good kicker, and I think he's over the yips. So uh, that that's why I'm, I'm leaning that way, but. No, Matt Bryan is a very, very accurate kicker. What what did he miss this year? Like two field goals or something like that? One or two field goals? Yeah, it's really outstanding. And we should also mention, obviously, that the game is being played indoors in Houston. And so it's as advantageous of an environment for his kickers. For a kicker, you can get. And if you're a Patriots fan, you know that because Adam Vinatieri, of course, uh, kicked a field goal as time expired to beat Carolina in the Janet Jackson Super Bowl in the same stadium in 2004. So Right. I say 2004 since February 2004. For everybody who's going to be like, it was the 03 season. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. And I think that we both made some good points. And certainly there's counters to really everything we said. I don't expect this to be a blowout. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I, I don't expect it to be a blowout. I, I know I'm I'm sounding confident in the Patriots, but really <laughs> it's, it's, it's all like almost sort of that Cowboys fan like vibe, like, delusional like oh yeah the the Patriots are gonna win no matter what but you know I'm in reality I'm probably quaking in my boots a little bit here I don't to be honest I don't think the Patriots have ever faced an offense quite as good as Atlanta Uh, I know they did play the greatest show on turf in 01 but I I think this might be a better offense than the greatest show on turf which is it's it's similar but uh, in terms of the number of playmakers so right now the Pats are at minus three, and I think that this is, I think that's probably a fair line. I don't know about you. I think that's no, it is. It is probably a fair line. I think you got to you got to get them the advantage because of their experience, things like that. But let's talk about it. Who do you got? Well, I, is your heart and your <laughs> are your heart and your wallet in the same place, Colin? My heart and my wallet are always in the same place. Okay. <laughs> so give me a pick. Give me a pick here. You know who my pick is. I don't have to spell okay. it out. Uh, it's New England. I got to give Tom Brady his fifth Super Bowl ring. And I think he's especially motivated by Goodell railroading him and destroying his legacy here. So. Yeah, there we go. Uh, wait, okay, we're not – let's not get into it, but you have to admit – No, 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 Goodell, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's more motivated than normal. I think he's plenty motivated as is. Wait a – so – you're trying to tell me Tom Brady, the most competitive guy on the planet, got his entire legacy tarnished, and Russell play. Yes, Russell Westbrook plays motivated because of fucking Kevin Durant left in free agency. He played motivated before that. Come on now, man. 
Yeah, but don't act like he doesn't play more motivated when they play the Warriors. It's it's the all same right. argument. It's if, all right, all if he has a chance to get Goodell to hand him the trophy, then he's going to, by all means, try his hardest. That would be great, even as somebody who doesn't like the Patriots. Just the fact that Goodell would have egg on his face. It's the only thing keeping the fact that Patriots could win, like making me okay with that. Well, it should, because that was the greatest travesty in the history of the NFL. More than Ray Carruth murdering his pregnant girlfriend and trying to murder her unborn child, this was worse. Arguably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a past fan of I've ever heard So, obviously, I think, I mean, you can tell by the way I'm talking about it, uh, I like the Falcons in this matchup, basically because of, the plethora of weapons that Matt Ryan has at his disposal. Yeah. So, yeah. Give me the Falcons plus three. Let's make it Falcons 34, Patriots 31. I think we got a chance at a special one. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I have sort of a similar score. I have Patriots 30, Atlanta 27. It, you know, I think, like you said, it's going to be a slugfest in the first and second quarters. But once we get to the second half, I think things will tighten up, and that'll be the battle of the defenses here, and I, I think we have the better defense. You're picking a push? Yeah. Okay, so your pick is not the Patriots. Your pick is a push exactly. Yes. That's ballsy. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll get the tiebreaker to the past since that's who you're betting on in the game. Um, <laughs> so how do you want to divvy this up? Next time I'm home, just a little trip to McDick's? Well, no, let's do something fancier than McDicks. All right, even fancier than McDicks? Yeah, you can't get more fancy than uh, I, the Des Moines McDicks with, uh, with that one, uh, one floor manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, what, what, what are we putting on this game? Uh, how about a dinner? Win, winner, no, loser buys the winner dinner at the Ram. How about that? Okay. That sounds good. The Ram. I love that restaurant. So that'll work great. All right. So All right. you have Atlanta. I have New England. I do have Atlanta. Uh, we're going to watch this game on Sunday. Uh, my heart might jump out of my chest. I may not, may or may not be alive uh, come Monday. Uh, I have school on Monday, but I don't know if I'll be <laughs> necessarily going if we win or lose. So this might be a solo podcast next week. Uh, this might be a solo podcast. Just chase. Or I'm just week. telling everybody like what I think is going on in Colin's head. <laughs> yeah, but you know, again, great game. Can't wait to see it. And uh, you know, I'll, we'll probably do a review of the game. Yeah, I imagine. But uh, that'll be later on in the week. You can find this podcast on iTunes at The Quick Slant. Uh, come listen to us on SoundCloud at The Quick Slant. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Nothing to plug, nothing to plug. Just hopefully, you know, the Falcons could do this for America, uh, for Migos, for Ray <laughs> Schremers, for Gucci Mane, Future. I don't know if you've noticed, but Billy Atlanta is an epicenter of everything right now, and this would be the icing on the cake. So, you know, it's written in the stars, buddy. You're forgetting about Kill a Mike? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Brother Jules, perhaps the greatest rap act that's out there right now. Either them or Drake. Okay, you lost me there. You I'm lost me kidding. there. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> All right. 
good luck on Sunday. I hope your team loses, but I hope you have a good time or something. I don't know, whatever. All right. Spoken like a true Dolphins fan. I'll see you next time, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Good talking to you, man. Yeah, good talking to you. See you, man. Bye. Bye